everyone. Welcome to Rock Bottom Syndicate. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. Syndicate is a group of individuals or organizations combined to promote some common interest. Our common interest at Rock Bottom Syndicate is to be of service. Rock Bottom Syndicate is my community of friends who, after having hit rock bottom, discovered that being of service to help others has a surprising side effect. We get better. We make better decisions. We learn to live strong, joyous lives. Rock Bottom Syndicate is about people who have a story to tell to inspire others to keep moving toward their potential no matter what happens. Rock Bottom is an opportunity to learn, pivot, and adapt to whatever life throws our way. Rock Bottom is a time where you can choose to take responsibility for everything in your life because when you take responsibility, you gain control to change things for yourself. Your secrets are the prison of your emotions. So tell your story. It will set you free to be yourself, to heal and grow as a person and move on to enjoy the journey of creating a strong, joyous life. Ask for help. Tell your story. My guest today is Pooja Chilakari. She is an author and um, a nutrition therapist and a certified coach. And she uh, has written a book called and then there was Jesus. This is her book. And um, some other books as well. And she's telling her story today in Rock Bottom about her having hit Rock Bottom, first with a serious illness, moving to the United States from India, and then getting involved with a religious um, organization that had cult-like features to it. It was really controlling her, and she had given over her power to this organization, this religious organization. And then she kind of recognize this uh, repeated pattern that she had of giving over her power. So her beautiful story is about reclaiming her power and moving on to further her education and learn how to help people in becoming certified in a, spe a specialty in nutrition itself, which dates back to her earlier illnesses, but also in the spiritual sense in that whole journey. So I hope you'll enjoy the show. Reach out to Pooja on LinkedIn and uh, in the show notes, you'll find other ways to reach her. Reach out to me if you have any questions or would like to be on the show. I'd love to hear your story and um, enjoy this show. I really hope you'll enjoy meeting Pooja Chilakari. Hello, Pooja. So happy to have you here on Rock Bottom Syndicate. And I always feel funny when I say rock bottom because it seems like it should be sad, but I'm realizing it's actually been quite exciting to share inspirational stories of pe how people have used their rock bottom moments to find strength and, um, and potential they didn't even know they had. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you for having me today on your show. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. I would love to have you share uh, your story uh, with me that you shared when we spoke earlier on the phone um, to some life experiences um, from you growing up and your background to where, where it led you in a very circuitous journey, to, um, <laughs> this wonderful place now where you're a uh, uh, a coach and a, um, your official title, Certified Health Coach and Nutritional Therapy Practitioner. And yep. you've written uh, a book and you continue to uh, be prolific in producing great inspirational stuff and content and education. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here and to talk to you and share my story. I, um, I have to start at the beginning a little bit. So it goes back into my childhood. Yeah. And my rock bottom 
experience happened in the context of my um, spiritual journey, or I would say like a religious journey. So to give you a little background of that, I grew up Hindu, and I had a really loving family environment. Mm-hmm. And my parents were very open. They never stopped us from experiencing other religions or exploring. You know, I had a lot of freedom growing up in that regard. But what I noticed, like my parents were deeply religious. So there was like a temple inside our home and we had to do like these um, prescribed rituals. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed is uh, the way people related to God, it was almost a fear-based kind of a relationship where you had to do these specific rituals to make sure that nothing bad happened in your life, like pleasing different deities for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but also there was another fun side of it, which was we had a lot of festivals and partying and family gatherings. And so I, I guess I had sort of a love hate relationship with the religion side of things. Mm-hmm. But as a child, I always had this intuition that, um, you know, there is a higher power and somehow I felt loved and I thought I need, I need to start talking to God and just have my own thing. And I thought, I don't want to bother with religion. It's too complicated. That's how I felt. My family was very open. We had um, Jainism is like a cousin of Buddhism. So part of my family was that. My mother, she had some beliefs in some Muslim saints and mystics and stuff like that. So I was exposed to everything. Mm-hmm. And we even had like every Christmas, we would even put up a Christmas tree and we weren't even Christians. Like yeah. that's how I was raised. And so life went on until I became a teenager. And then about when I was about 17 years old, it came down with uh, something that nobody could diagnose. And I was uh, very ambitious because in my family, women didn't go for higher education. And I wanted to be the first one to kind of break that um, mold. Like I had that desire. My dad, he really encouraged me, you know, and uh, it wasn't trendy for fathers to do that. So I know it took a lot of courage on his part. He sent me off to medical school, which was a huge, like women in my family, we would get married like 18, 19, 20. And then you just don't, you just go to somebody else's home and, take care of the house, you know, Mm -hmm. but he did that. And while I was studying, uh, it was my, um, for my medical school exams, I think it was, I got really sick and nobody could diagnose what it was. And everybody just thought it was maybe stress or some people thought I may be having boyfriend issues, which, you know, a teenager, right. Could be anything. Yeah. Sure. Um, But um, finally, when they couldn't get any answers, like I remember being on, six or seven different medications like per day. Like those were like psychiatric stuff because they thought I had anxiety. Right. But all it did did was like make me sleep all day long. And it wasn't getting rid of any of my symptoms. I had a lot of, I would like throw up every day, seven or eight hours. Uh, I couldn't eat. So I had become like this flesh uh, covering bones. Like that's it, like skin and bones, you know? Yeah. Um, And then finally, we started hearing the doctor saying, well, there's nothing we can do. And so she's just going to waste away and die. And, you know, when I I heard that, I was scared out of my mind. I was like, I don't want to die. You know, I have um, a whole life ahead of me that I wanted to live. And I really, really remembering wanting to live. Like that was 
I think that was the thing that um, helped me, you know, to keep hanging on. Like, I don't want to go. And uh, finally, my dad was a very, he was religious, but he, in Eastern cultures, Joyce, we also have like beliefs and like spirits and stuff. Mm -hmm. So he thought, well, what if these are some evil spirits? Like, I know that sounds very, um, you know, in this day and age, that sounds very, I don't know, ancient. Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, when you're desperate, you will try anything. Yeah. And, uh, so we went to these different places where people were like spiritual healers and I've spent a night in a graveyard. I mean, we were, I was desperate. I was like, I will do anything to get healed. <laughs> um, we went to temples. We went to this uh, mosque. Um, I remember taking a journey to a different city, trying to find answers. So my parents went through a lot, went through a lot. And then one day, one of my dad's cousin brothers, he lived in New York. He had a friend that was in North Carolina, um, Duke University. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, come back to medicine, come back to science. You know, we're going to find an answer for her. Let's ship her off to the U.S. <laughs> Let's, uh, maybe they, there uh, they will find a cure. They do a lot of research, maybe something new that we've never seen before. And so I couldn't come. Now, this is almost 30 years ago, Joyce. And, you know, it was, um, they did a lot of checking, like medical check. They didn't want you to come if you were not healthy, right? Because then you could bring something into the country. That would... So I had to go through a battery of physical tests and they all checked out fine. That was like mind-blowing, you know, to me. But that gave me the path to come here. As a... I, I remember this, that I couldn't come here for medical reasons. So I came here as a student. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, I went to uh, Meredith because of immigration laws or yeah, yeah. yes yeah. back then it was like they were very very strict about that I remember that um, yeah. and uh, I said well my, my blood work shows fine so I'll just go as a student you know but I but the truth is that my body was sick and you can't you can't hide that right like how are you going to hide that People can see what's happening to you, you know? Yeah. And when I got to campus, I never could get in touch with the person. I tried to call him, but for some reason, I never got in touch with him. He never answered my calls back. And I remember my, uh, my roommate and my people that lived in my dorm, they were like, this isn't, you are sick. Something is wrong with you. And I didn't have the health insurance and that kind of stuff to go see a doctor. Mm -hmm. So they did what they thought knew best. And they said, well, we have someone here that prays for people. And if you believe in that, you know, we can take you there and maybe uh, you can get healed. And then they said, but you are a Hindu, but this is in a church. And I said, you have no idea where I've been. I've been to all kinds of places. So the church is like the least of my worries. You know, <laughs> I mean, I've been to a graveyard, right? I mean, you cannot get worse than that. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, take me wherever. And, I, you know, it wasn't even a church church. It was somebody's home. And I think there was like, he was the pastor. And there were like three or four people there. And they prayed for me. In the next day, I woke up and I wasn't throwing up anymore. 
So, you know, you know when something shifts. Mm-hmm. And I knew that something had shifted. So I was like, what's the word? I'm, um, oh, a child hooked on candy or something. I was like, take me back. I want more. Because I wanted to make sure that whatever was working, that I just thought, if you keep doing this, maybe you will be, I want to make sure that I'm healed. So I kept going Can back. I jump in here for one second? Because I have... I, w- I wonder, and I don't, I don't know that you can answer this now um, or later as you go on, but that, m- that moment of healing, I suspect, was not the other people praying for you, but something you did. And, and you know, Joyce, you were right. I don't think I personally would have the answer. You know, like I – because – my focus was so much on getting like desperation mm-hmm. at that moment that I, it's like a blur in my memory. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just think that perhaps at that time you didn't understand the power you had and yeah. you gave that to others outside of you because it worked. We know yes. it worked. So, yes. um, but, uh, but, just developing the confidence and understanding the power you have within you. But anyway, go ahead. No, but Joyce, you are absolutely right. Because my story, I think that's part of why I hit the rock bottom is because I, I honestly had no clue how to have my power. Mm. I think that away came very naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Like, so that you kind of have, yeah, that's pretty much the rest of my story about giving that power away constantly you know oh wow yeah so that that day of course it worked and I healed Mm -hmm. and I thought okay these are wonderful people and I'm gonna start going to church and I'm gonna learn whatever you know uh, this religion is teaching as a child I remember like reading stories about Jesus and so I wasn't I wasn't closed to that I was already very open you know to the stories and everything Mm -hmm. so yeah so it wasn't a problem for me to start going to church but what happened was I had a little prayer book that is a, uh, my dad had given it to me because again, you know, he was worried that what if there was some spirits and stuff. So this little uh, prayer book was, it's a Hindu prayer book mm-hmm. that is supposed to ward off all evil things. Mm-hmm. And so I remember that I was still doing that. Like talk about, you know, giving, I was healed, but I was still afraid. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I still had that fear that something shouldn't, come back right because I've been sick for two years yeah yeah I didn't yeah so I was like I'm gonna so I would read from their prayer book every night and then almost like a superstition or yes yes (laughs) I see that now but you know when you're in something you don't you don't know yeah and then when you're on the other side you see things differently I think it's so relatable to everyone's story that's been in, you know, that's given their power away Yeah. to not realize it's, it's, uh, it's almost like, you know, the story, the wizard of Oz and Dorothy, Dorothy. the whole, (laughs) at the end, always had the power. But we have to go through a journey to discover it. That's right. Right. Yeah. So the journey is, yeah, I guess it's part of it. Isn't it? Yeah. It, it seems like, <laughs> like that universal story of, you know, discovering yourself and that 
Um, although this sounds, I know as you go on further in the story, it's, it, there's some painful points. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, Joyce, that, that, um, reading that book like that, the prayer book that night, that was for the first time that I actually heard a voice mm-hmm. and I had never in my entire life heard a voice like that, which didn't sound like a voice. Like it wasn't, it's not like you and I talking, right? Yeah. But yet it was so, uh, distinct and loud and I think that was like a pivot point in my life where I made a decision but I didn't make it in the like uh, when I heard that voice I didn't know who was talking to me mm-hmm. and I had still had the prayer book in my hand but there was also my bible that they had given me this group that had prayed for me mm-hmm. so that was next to my bed and I don't know what like why I did this I don't know but I picked it up and then when I opened it it just the first thing I saw was my sheep hear my voice. Mm-hmm. And, and I was listening to this voice that was very endearing and kind and and loving. And I think in that moment something happened. And I thought, I want to start going to church and I want to do this uh like regularly. Like I wanted this to be my religion because I didn't know any other way. I thought and now I know better that I can relate to God without religion. But back then I thought I had to have something, you know, mm-hmm. learn and follow. And so I started going to this little church and they started growing. And it started out with like really good. They were very good to me. They were really very good to me. Mm-hmm. And became my family away from home. Yeah. Not like very enmeshed. The relationships, we were always in each other's homes. We were always doing things for each other. Mm -hmm. I went through my graduation, my wedding, both my children were like, I was in this group for like 17, almost 18 years. Mm -hmm. And so after that, what I was saying, Joyce, is that my faith in God was very important to me, but I started losing that. Like I, Mm -hmm. I almost came to a point while I was still going to church Mm -hmm. that I almost stopped believing like it was because I felt because I was associating God with a lot of mental torment like fear guilt shame those things so why would you want that right and so then you don't want you don't want that so then you don't want the being or the entity that's associated with that yeah so I thought and but that shattered me because I had made a big shift in my life from Hinduism to Christianity. Mm -hmm. That was a big step. Like I I didn't tell you this, but that has social implications. It was not an easy thing to do Mm -hmm. back then. And so I felt that I had cheated myself. Like if this, everything seemed to be like, I was disillusioned. Everything seemed like a lie. Mm -hmm. And I felt that I had dragged my family down a path that, because my husband also developed like autoimmune disorders I developed a couple of conditions that health conditions. And so everything was just falling apart. That was in 2009, mm-hmm. 2010 in that time frame. And uh, I remember having a meltdown. Like I shut myself in my closet because I didn't want my children to see me crying because yeah. I couldn't stop. You know, it's like a, a dam burst and everything was just coming on. And that was another turning point for me, Joyce, because when I was upset like that and I was 
really angry with myself for having spent all this time uh, going to church, believing in God, and everything seemed to be like such a waste in that moment. Mm-hmm. Something, some, something touched me. And this is where I can't explain it. I really can't. But you know it when somebody touches you. Mm-hmm. You can feel mm-hmm. it. But there was nobody in the closet. And I felt on the left side of my body, like, uh, it's not electric current, but like these really gentle waves. Mm-hmm. And they felt like electricity. And they just went through my body. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I stopped crying. And I felt this peace. I, I felt loved. Like, um, not just a feeling of love, but like love was in that in that closet. You know, like <laughs> like I could touch it. Like, and so, for I thought, what happened? You know, and I was so confused. And I said, I just said Jesus, and then it came again. Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh, are you? And then, for the first time in a long time, I thought. Maybe God isn't all those things. Maybe he is this. And I say he only because that's how I'm used to it. But, you know, I know there's no gender. But um, so maybe it's all about love, that I am loved, that I am. There is another being, a higher entity. And this God loves me. And it has nothing to do with these other things that I'm being taught, you know, because that was the moment when I. I knew that it was like running on someone else's program, right? And then your own program starts kicking in. There you go. Yeah. And, yeah. And so something in me came alive that day, Jules. Mm-hmm. And it gave me the courage to like fight. From that point, it took me two years to leave the group. Oh, wow. Because I was still so afraid that. Wow. Fear, I didn't realize that. Yeah. It still took me two years or um, I would say a year and a half. Because I was so afraid, like, uh, even though I had experienced this presence, I knew I couldn't talk about it because I thought if I share it, people are going to think I'm crazy, that I'm making it up, or maybe I'm hallucinating, or I'm having a nervous breakdown. I made it, you know, like, yeah, self-doubt. Mm-hmm. And I certainly couldn't share it in the group I was in because it, it, anything that I experienced that outside of how they believe, it's like, I hate to say it, but it's like you're going after the devil. You know, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. God, because it's not their version of God. Right, right. Right. And so, but it was, it gave, so even though it took me two years, what happened is now this, this Jesus that I was experiencing was so beautiful and kind. But when I would go to church and hear about the judgment and the, uh, the fear, mm-hmm. it so inside I was changing. My outside wasn't reflecting that. Mm-hmm. And one day I woke up and I felt like a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. I really did. Yeah. And that was the first time it hit me that what am I doing? I am lying. I am living a lie. I'm showing up for something I no longer can relate to. Um, but I was so afraid of losing my family, of losing that those connections, that uh, the vacuum. I knew that those things would happen if I walked away. Mm-hmm. But I did walk away, Jules. I did. And um, that was in 2011. Yeah. And sure enough, I think that was the hardest two years that I've ever faced. Because I had never 
up to that point, I'd been so fortunate. I had never experienced grief. I had never experienced that kind of a vacuum, a depression, um, the feeling of, you know, tremendous loss. Mm-hmm. And I also felt um, a loss of purpose, mm-hmm. you know, because everything was tied to this one piece. Yeah. And I had no clue how to navigate those those waters. I've never been on those waters, you know. Yeah. And um, that was a time back when I, I literally lost my will to live. Yeah. And it's not, I wasn't never suicidal. It wasn't that. But I would wake up every day being able to identify with those people that wanted to check out, you know. Yeah. I, I knew that feeling. I knew what they must be feeling like. There's nothing here to live for or to be connected. And it was so incredible that it that feeling would be, it's like when the light, light in your mind goes out mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can't navigate because you can't even think there's so much darkness you feel. Mm-hmm. And I never felt those things in my life. So I was like, what is going on? <laughs> you know? And I think the two things that kept me going and just existing and just you know how you just put one foot in front of the other Mm -hmm. and you just do it because that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. That's how those two years were. But I think two, three things actually helped me. One was my dad, when he had put me on that plane to go to the U S he never knew if he would ever see me again. You know, when I was sick, when I was coming here for the first time. You were very sick. Yeah. And so I felt that, he had the courage and the confidence to put me on that plane. You know, I, I owed it to him to be alive. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I felt so that was a good kind of owing. Yeah. You know? It was, a, it, it was perhaps a step back into purpose. Like uh, one of my whys is I, I want to be here for my family. And yeah. Them. So for me to stay healthy um, I do it for myself, of course, but I do it for my family. It's a, a giving thing. Yes, but I didn't know that that's what it was. It was just something that came up naturally that, oh my gosh, my dad, you know. Uh, I And also my children were very young. Yeah. I knew that I had to have it, put, get, to get, like, get it together. How do you say it? Like yeah. have it all together for them, Yeah. you know. Um, so that was the second motivation. And the third thing was that I was feeling this incredible presence, which is hard to talk about because, like I said, I'm a little bit shy to talk about it because it's not, it's what you can't see, right? Then it sounds like (laughs) woo-woo. I don't know what's another word. Presence kept on, um, every time I would like cry or have these grieving spells, I would feel this presence and it would calm me down. And it just gave me a feeling like I can't see what's ahead of me. But this thing gave me a purpose that there is a purpose. Just wait for it. Just wait for it. Just wait for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I never in my wildest dreams thought that this would take me into a life of being an author, into sharing my story with others, or even being a nutritional therapist. You know, I um, when I thought saved my life, because they gave me a renewed purpose. Because when both my husband and I got sick like that and those two years of just emptiness, mm-hmm. I closed my eyes one day, Joyce, and I thought, when was I the most happiest? And just intuitively, I went back to a time when I was going to school. 
Because going to school always made me happy. I was such a learner. I loved to learn, you know. And I thought, oh, that's what I need to do. Maybe if I go back to school, I'll have something to keep my mind from trying to run in like all negative uh, directions. And so that's one of the reasons I went back. And then with my husband being sick, I thought, what can I study? Well, wellness and health and all those things. And that's when I started meeting some beautiful people, Mm -hmm. incredible souls. And I think that's where my healing began, like a true healing from my heart, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, so I, and then I realized that not everybody has this unhealthy views of God. There are people out there that have very healthy um, relationship with spirit, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I started meeting these people, learning from them, um, this presence was with me and I still, I was still believe that it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started reconstructing my faith. Mm-hmm. And when I started reconstructing it, I realized it didn't fit in anywhere. So I often joke uh, with my husband. I say, I belong nowhere. And they will always laugh and say, well, then you belong everywhere. There you go. Yeah. And we are all one. We're all part of this greater uh, yes universe. Yes. I, I think of greater than me. There's there's you know there's something greater than me, and um, if I can love you, I can love me because we're all part of that bigger. And you know what, Joyce? In it, in it works both ways. If I don't love myself, I can't love you either. There you go. Yeah. Because then I don't know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's um, it was the hardest lesson for me to learn was to love myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that I had the option of doing, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe even that you didn't. It, you know, it's it's not even a thought, right? Right. Like I no clue what that was so that's been a learning curve so incredible as you're telling the story and seeing how for how long you can live in in this fight or flight um and i'm recognizing from having interviewed a lot of people around um well-being and health of the key elements where you are able to you were in the right direction building community and having close connections. That's important. It's just the wrong people. And so you found your way to surround yourself with people who lift you up and um, naturally giving is very healthy. It actually puts us into a very creative and growth mindset, right? Yeah. You were able to reconstruct after you grieved and said, Oh, this is that not what giving is supposed to be. I want to give freely. And yes. Um, and so you discover it. And then the learning element as well, which is one of the things that keeps us happy and strong and joyous. And it keeps us operating in that part of our brain that is growth, not out of fear. Not out of fear. The, you know, the amygdala and the fear center for a long yeah. time, survival mode, one foot in front of the other. And uh, you're right, Joyce. And you know, love, I always uh, love and fear, right? Like perfect love drives out fear. I, 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 um, I remember reading that verse and I think that was one of the liberating things for me. It's like when we do things out of fear, there's no room for love. Mm. At all. And the opposite is true, right? When we're doing things out of love, we have no fear. 
because mm-hmm. it's such a powerful motivator, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I told you one thing, I have so much fear of like public speaking and being on camera and stuff. But when I start sharing parts of my story, I some of that nervousness dissipates. Yeah. Because it's just that I want someone to hear it in case they're going through it, you know, to just, because that's one, another thing that helped me was listening to other people's stories, reading blogs. Because mm-hmm. you need a lot of validation when you make a decision which affects you that much. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, your brain just starts, like, did you do the right thing? You shouldn't have done that, you know? Yeah, it's confusing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, just just so I, I'd like to let you know my opinion, you're a very beautiful speaker. Oh, thank you, Joyce. Your story is so inspirational uh, because even if it's not specifically about religion and uh, those, tra- it's similar enough to be in you know develop going from that place where my worth was outside of me to my worth is I, I was born worthy. Yeah. Yes, that was a hard transition. Um, you wouldn't believe it because when you believe something for years and years and years and years and years, it's not easy to unbelieve. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you unlearn something that's ingrained in you? It takes a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. It is, isn't, that the, isn't that the whole process that we need to look back and rewrite the old scripts, re- re- rewire the brain. We know from our yeah. mutual friend, Lynn, she's taught us a lot about. Yes, I love her. Yes. <laughs> and, and just to say who we're talking about, Lynn Delgadio in her book, Altered on Impact, is yes. uh, all about rewriting, rewiring the brain and, and um, reaching yeah. a new higher level. Yes. Yeah. I So. Thank you so much for listening and sharing. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so happy to be able to hear your story and and um, have people know that there are things, steps you can take if you feel this way um, to yes. move forward. And your story has gone now from, and we're going to do another show with you on Totally Well, my other podcast, yeah. to tell yeah. people about how you've now grown into a, a practice of helping people around nutrition Yes. listening to their stories and helping them grow and see um, it beyond the um, see beyond the the, the the more practical things that you teach the education but also you have this mind body spirit capacity to teach and help people understand it's not just about the food you've got to start yes. with how you feel about yourself and awareness and all that and our thoughts yeah. our thoughts yeah so Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, how do people reach you? Yes. So I have uh, a Facebook page, yeah. um, both for my book and for my nutrition. It's the Puja, just my name, Puja Chilukri Nutrition and Health. Okay. So I have that Facebook page. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. And uh, you want to talk a little bit about your book? Oh, yes. I, uh, do you want me to hold it up? I could do that. Or Oh. Thank you. Thank you, Joyce. Yes, that's my memoir. And then there was Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when I first wrote it, I wrote it for my children um, in the beginning because I was really worried that one day they would grow up and ask me, especially my daughter, because she had so many friends in that community. Yeah, I felt like I owed her some answers. And I thought maybe when she grows up and reads this, she will know why I did what I did. 
Yeah. And so that that kind of motivated it. But then I also wanted to reach out to people that were, when I wrote it, it was five years ago, Joyce. Mm-hmm. And I Back then I had a really strong, and I still do, that people that are going to church and if they are feeling like what I was feeling, mm-hmm. I just wanted them to know that it was okay if they wanted to leave or that, that, that I just wanted to validate how they were feeling. So I thought, because when you do that for others, you heal yourself. Yeah, so the process of writing, and then there was Jesus, is was therapeutic for you. Was there. also a gift to your children to help just um, yeah. just share the story. Yeah, really interesting too. I see, but sometimes when people get caught in that kind of a situation, it can almost feel like a cult. Yes. Yeah, and um, you, you, your description feels a little different to me where you don't you don't seem to be harboring anger they were so good to me yeah they were so good to me Joyce yeah I if anything I harbor grief Mm -hmm. I think there's a part of me that still grieves because I wondered I'll go ahead yeah because they were not bad people yeah it was just a very um I hate to use the word toxic but the environment was toxic yeah you know yeah. And so that, and it wasn't because they were bad people. It's just their beliefs were very scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, they may have been in the same, they may be in the same place you were. Yeah. Um, and, and in some ways it sounds like you may even be grateful for the experience because it opened up what you needed. It, it identi- helped you identify things that maybe you were just a little sheltered to start with. I was. You didn't know you needed these things. And yes. so through going through that, you know, painful experience, yeah. it, it really helped you to open these windows. Thank you, Joyce. Yeah, yeah. it did. Yeah. So. so is there another book on the horizon? You know, I, you won't believe this, but since that book, I've written three more. Ah. And I'm working on a novel right now. <laughs> so the other books are... are what? Um, yeah, what happened was, um, like I said, I was so worried that people were living. Because even those people that I went to church with, I just want to go back and hug them and tell them that they are so loved by God that they don't have to fear him. You yeah, know. Yeah. So my other books that I wrote were poems. I wrote a book of poems, then there's reflections. But I feel like this burden in my heart, to un- and I call it unveiling Jesus, like to expose his heart. Yeah. To get them outside of thinking only in a religious box. Yeah. Like flow freely. You are free. I am free. Flow freely. Think outside the box. Yeah. You know, that's my, that's why I write. Right? That's why when I write, even though these, they have the name of Jesus and they may appear like their stories based on Bible. But when I write, that's not the spirit with which I write allows the reader to flow freely. To yeah. be able to just flow, just feel it and flow with it. Don't take what resonates, leave what doesn't, but don't put yourself in a box. Yeah, that's beautiful and beautiful story. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, well, I don't. Is there anything else I haven't asked you today that you would oh like my to goodness. share? Oh, Joyce, you've been very kind. Thank you. Uh, well, I am very grateful for your time today and to hear this story and hear of your physical recovery, of your spiritual growth, and how you've been able to connect all those things to see when you give your body and spirit what it needs, you thrive. 
Yes, you do. You really do. We have to love ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very grateful for your time. Me too. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. And I will see you on the Totally Well Show. We'll schedule some time for that and get to hear how you're helping people and all the different uh, approaches you use. Thank you, Joe. Okay.